dead air. (laughs) Welcome back to Bored to to Death. death. Nailed it. Terrible. (laughs) I thought we nailed it. Let's try one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Three. Welcome back to Bored to to Death. death. Still terrible, but. That's all right. All right, so welcome back to Board to Death. This is a podcast where every episode we discuss a board game, card game, tabletop game, pretty much any game that we played over the last couple of years. And at the end, uh, my wife Haley regales us with a murder or true crime. Regales. Yeah, well, we usually we drink the cheapest thing we have available, but I don't have cheap stuff, unfortunately, right now. Um, well, tell tell us what you're drinking there, Bill. All right. Well, I am drinking uh, an Alyssa IPA, fresh off of having an allergic reaction at dinner. Mm. And uh, yeah, I had an Allegro. Not Allegro. <laughs> not Allegro. Not Allegro. Not to be confused with the music type, <clears throat> or the speed of music, but a uh, an Alyssa IPA. What are you uh, What are you drinking there? Ugh. Okay. So at dinner, I had a really good strong margarita because we've found this uh delicious kind of hole in the wall mexican place Mm -hmm. where you know we kind of thought it was our little secret right and then we walked in it was was packed it was packed and they were like do you have a reservation and i was like what excuse me don't we live in like nowhere Nowhereville's Houston, yeah. and apparently you needed a reservation oh, to to sit where we wanted to sit. So, but anyway, Bill started eating something that caused an allergic reaction. We had to get out of there pretty quick. Yeah, and now we're at home. I am drinking the exact same thing I was drinking at the last podcast. So let's just talk about what Bill's drinking. Yeah. That's, it's much fancier than what I am drinking. Alyssa IPA, which is a wonderful brand of delicious St. Arnold's brewery, which is brewed right here in Houston, Texas. Absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. We love it. So when did we, uh, when did we start nerding together? Five years you, ago. Okay. Right? You have to stop asking Duh. that question. That's a, All right. that question we've, we talk about it every time. They All get right. it. They every get five it. Years. We every play five games years. together. Yeah, we play games. We're done. That's the last time okay. Bill's asking it. <laughs> we played games together for a long time. The end. Okay. So tonight we're going to talk about <laughs> a uh, a tabletop uh, miniatures game called Necromunda, and then uh, at the on the other half, Haley is going to regale us with the Alligator Man. Oh my God. He is a serial killer. In- <laughs> God. A serial killer from Texas. Oh, I think I know how it ends or what it involves. But... Well, I mean, I literally just told you the end, but you have to guess some of the ends. Whether and the outs. husband did it? Sure, I guess. Yeah, it's a good story. It's a good story, and it's set in the in the 1930s, so Depression era. Which, that's super pretty, cool. That is really cool. Yeah, so we yeah. can do a lot of imagining of. The radios playing in the background, and the, the and the floral dresses, and the black dahlias. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great. The squeaky uh, the squeaky record playing. Yes. Ugh. What's that one creepy ass song, or that creepy ass singer that we always try to do an impression? It's from yeah. it's from SpongeBob SquarePants. Well, it's or also not. from like the creepiest movie I've ever seen, called Insidious. Oh, yeah. And it's also it's in Insidious. SpongeBob. Yeah, Insidious 2. It's 
it's the second Insidious, I think, and SpongeBob. Yeah. Or I think it's the first Insidious. I never got no, past okay. the first one. All right. But um, yeah, I can't. He's the guy that sings like this. Yeah. How does that <laughs> song go? Do you remember? That sing in the sunlight, red ribbons, moonlight. Having, having a, a wonderful, wonderful time. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, uh, especially in this, in the context of that movie, that's terrible. Anyway. All right. So the game that we're going to talk about tonight is Necromunda, and so what is Necromunda? Necromunda is a game about gangs, rival gangs, skirmishing and fighting in the depths of the hive city of Necromunda. So Necromunda is the largest hive city in the in the Imperium, which flash forward to the year the 41st millennium. It's a very dark, dystopian future where this emperor of mankind has come forth and united humanity across like millions of worlds, and then he ends up like dying and decaying slowly on this like golden throne, like back on Terra or Earth. Can I pause you for a moment? Yeah. Yeah. I love the backstories on all of these games. But it seems like overkill. I know. I'm just trying to give context. No, no, no. no I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not saying what you are doing. In te- I think what you're doing is due diligence. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that like these huge, long ass backstories on these games that these we thirty second backstories. No, like you're like a thousand years ago, this man <laughs> rotted to death in space, and like that's the story that the game creators made. Yeah. To to create like the setup of this game and I'm like wow, you guys really like thought a lot about a board game. Yeah. It's just um it's not just a board game. It's a way of life. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, you know. <laughs> and I disagree with it. No, I'm okay. just kidding. So there's like these millions of worlds, but there are like these huge worlds where they have like these hive cities um, and they are just what they sound like. They are these cities that tower like miles into the sky through the clouds and it's just layer upon layer upon layer stacked of like billions upon billions of people crammed into them. And these cities provide a crucial kind of like uh, role or function within the Imperium or like whatever humanity that they manufacture like untold like millions of like weapons, supplies, and all that crap for like the military, right? Um, but living in these places, it's a dystopian future. So like every breath that you breathe is like recycled a million times over. Every drop of water is recycled. The food is like oh, protein bar, like all this crap. Disgusting. Right? Yeah, real disgusting. And, it, and we all know recycled air is the absolute worst. If yeah. you've ever been on an airplane, just like you get off of that airplane and you're mm-hmm. like. I need that. I need a shower and a bleach cocktail. <laughs> bleach cocktail. Well, it's just like the yeah. I it's, it's yeah. like these people have been living in like filth for like millennia, yeah. and I'm like ugh, airplane rides disgusting. The unwashed masses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will never go on a cruise ever again. Nope, I'm never just kidding. will, and I never will. <laughs> I refuse to. It's not gonna happen. But so like. Necro the the theme of this game is Necromunda. It's like one of the the name brand like hive cities, right? And it's ruled over by this guy, Lord Helmar. He rules it, and there are like these major giant political houses who are in charge of, charge of different like manufacturing centers. Um, and so like they, it's a very political and intrigue place, and so they can't like openly declare war on other houses or other factions. So they do this by like these proxy wars all the way down on like the bottom or like the sump 
or like the bottom layer, the crust of the hive, like near the base layer. <clears throat> uh, because overt war is like too risky because like, oh, you don't want to like show your hand or like... Well, because everybody has like stock in... You can't fight... You can't shit where you eat. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like the, if you declared war on like another house, like other houses would ally against you and all this stuff, right? So instead they have this like gentleman or gentlewoman's agreement where it's like they just have these proxy wars by these gang members all the way in like the bottom, like the nastiest part of the hive where like all like the filth and the sludge like kind of filters down to this bottom crust area of the hive where, you know, it's like a lawless area, you know, like the police don't even go down there because it's really scary. Like refugees and like outlaws flee down there. There's like a movie that came out that's similar to this recently and it's like a Spanish film. Oh. I can't remember the name of it. And Pan's, Lab Pan's Labyrinth. No, the Pan's Labyrinth is fantastic. But this, the concept of this movie that just came out, and I am blanking on the title this of it, the but the concept the, is basically like... The prisoners like eat the food yes, that falls down. Yes, yes, the prisoners eat the food that's fall, that falls down. Or like it's down. on a platform. And the pla I think that's what it's called. It's yeah. called like the platform. Yeah, and it like And it like lowers down. and lowers and lowers and lowers and lowers. Yes, they right? And so like the people down at the very bottom get the absolute scraps. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. That's you're on the right track. But it's an interesting but it's an interesting conversation about hierarchy and availability of resources. Yeah. Right? Big like time. It, it basically what I think what it does to your your like the narrative for your brain is that it creates like a sense of urgency, right? Like it creates this idea of inequity, a sense of urgency, like emer emergencies are happening down in that crust. Yeah. A lot. Right, like clearly nobody wants to be down there because there's no resources. People are obviously going to be sick and needy and probably angry, angsty. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. And so at the bottom of this hive, that it's like lawless, right? Because they have no resources, like you're saying. Yeah. And so a lot of the people like fled like the middle part of the hive or the the upper hive because it's like they're outlaws or they're wanted people, and so it's it's almost like the wild west. Right, and so like there, there, there are these famous places called Dust Town, Dust Falls, or Outlaw Hole, or whatever. Outlaw Hole. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, oh like, my god! If I were a the... cop, I'd be like, "Well, let's go do our daily sweep of Outlaw yeah, Hole." Let's fill out our uh, cop pads here. <laughs> but uh, they're even too scared to go down there, right? But anyway, so they, that's kind of where these proxy wars are fought, and these proxy wars are fought be in, so that these gangs will like sabotage shipments of weapons of other households. Or they'll like ambush, like convoys, stuff like that. Or they'll try to move in on the turf of like another informal house kind of deal. Um, and so there's, and also like there's riches down there, right? So like over the thousands and thousands of years, like these metals will degrade over time and these metals will mix with like sludge and stuff and create like new precious metals that can be used for research. So the whole goal of like these gangers, like these gang members, is to like win glory in the eyes of their house so that way they can like leave like this crappy awful terrible place to like be moved up to either the middle part of the hive or to the upper parts of this this spire and like live a life of luxury or you know like they'll um you know gain riches and be able to like leave on their own right they can become like this major gang leader and just just leave that also reminds me of another show we watched recently remember mm -hmm. that that uh that TV show on Netflix that we watched about the like shells that people had and they could be uploaded into 
people's bodies. Altered carbon? Altered carbon. Yeah. That reminds big, me of altered carbon well, a little a big, bit. That, that's a big like cyberpunk like I love it. And I feel like Necromunda is cyberpunk. Am I wrong? Mm. Or it's, it's in that. Close. It's kind of like it's They're similar connected. in that genre. I mean, if I'm making the connection, I'm sure someone else does. Well, definitely with House Escher, which we'll talk about in a little bit That's here. Fucking yeah, they right. are they are pretty much like cyberpunk to a T. Um, so they yeah, so like gangers can gra- gather this archaeotech, which is called it's just like ancient technology or it's technology that's long been forgotten, but they're they're desperately searching for it. So there's six houses. There's Cador, Delac, Orlock, Bansar, Escher, and Goliath. And the two that we played was Escher, which was your gang. Right. Like the cyberpunk, like punk rock chicks. Yeah. Who are like full of like, they like love toxins and poisons and stuff like that. And I played House Goliath, which are like these giant lumbering they're hulking just, brutes. They're just beefcakes. Yeah, these old beefcakes. They've <laughs> got thick hammies, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And they uh, their big thing is they, they work the iron foundries and the forges and stuff of, of the hive. Um, so it's played with, uh, at least two gangs who like square off against each other and they take turns activating the fighters and you get two actions. You can like move and shoot your gun. Uh, again, this is like in the 41st millennium. So you can, you've got all sorts of crazy weapons. You've got like shotguns and auto guns, which is like, you know, normal guns that we would have las guns, which are like laser beam guns, that kind of stuff. Grenade launchers, a crazy fudging weapon called a renderizer which is basically like a chainsaw on the end of like a pole <laughs> like one of my guys had like one a renderizer that's right i forgot about that yeah like your lady like i forget her name but she had what's called a shock whip which that is was ex- fantastic <laughs> which is exactly it's like an electrified like, whip it's exactly what it sounds like it's a it's an electrical fudging whip like i'm tr- gonna try to not curse as much this episode. why i don't know i don't know I'm gonna curse had... more to pick up for your slack. Yeah, maybe it's because I just I had an allergic reaction. You had a you had a you yeah, had, had a, a near death that. experience. Yeah, I had a, br- I had a brush with death and I found God. So <laughs> you can you can do two actions. You can like run and shoot. You can God run and like cares about decorum. Oh yeah, absolutely. He, All he hail sure, the emperor. He sure does. The emperor and the golden throne. So like you can like run and shoot. You can run and like duck down for cover. But, like, as fighters move around and shoot at each other, they can become pinned eventually, which means that they have to, like, duck for cover, and they use one of their actions to stand up. All that stuff. So every what I like about the game is that every every player, like, they get to take turns activating their fighter. So it's not just a sequen- sequential, like, in Lord of the Rings strategy battle game where, like, you move your your all of your orcs, and then I move, and then they shoot with their bows and stuff, and then they fight. And then I do the same thing. It's a constant ebb and flow, like back and forth. Like you're, you'll activate one of your Escher gangers, and then I'll activate one of my Goliath gangers, right? Um, when did we learn to play this last fall? Uh, it was definitely. I feel like it was definitely in quarantine. Yeah, I think it was like at the end of our, basically end of our quarantine. Right at the. I mean, at the height of quarantine. When we were yeah. literally not seeing a single human, mm-hmm. um, this is when you were basically like preparing yes. for the yeah. the the coming, the the awakening of all of the gaming oh. that will that would come to be, and uh, at some point, that was when you were like, <laughs> I have 
prepared thee. I have prepared for thee. Yeah, I broke I, a I mean, team. Yeah, I mean, I broke you in with the Lord of the Rings strategy yeah. battle game. I'm like, okay, she's well, cool with playing with miniature games. I specifically remember you painting my um, my warriors. What what is it called? Escher gangers. The Escher gangers. I yeah. specifically remember you Escher. painting them, and you mm -hmm. were like really pumped to show me. Yeah, I spent and, a lot of time painting them. And then when you finally revealed them to me, I was like, these girls are badass yeah they're like in height so i mean if you obviously y'all your our one listener has no idea what they look like so like they're in like high that's crazy because it's like they're in high heels and yet they're able to like run around some of them are but they're able to like run around the hive they have like these crazy like one one gun like that you're, i don't think i remember seeing any of them in high the, heels the leader has and she has like these spiked high heels on i'm sure they're like boots yeah high heeled boots or something exactly because i don't i can't imagine but she's got like a shock whip with like what's called yeah. a bolt a bolt gun a combi weapon so it's like a bolt gun and with like a needler on the end so it like shoots these needles of like these toxins but like the bolt gun what it does is it shoots around in the canon of warhammer Forty Thousand, because that's what this whole setting is is that it shoots around a very large extremely large like inch and a half to two inches diameter like basically like a mini projectile like a mini bazooka like explosive and they're set to as soon as it enters the flesh or it pierces something it waits like a second or two and then it explodes so like it's a very powerful weapon right yeah um like your ladies like all had like eye patches and stuff and they were just like very well, well yeah they looked like, like they, they looked almost looked like they had just been like dipped in some sort of like radioactive like rock and roll yeah if was, that's a thing yeah they're really cool and, they all had like pink bright pink hair yeah like they're they're colored hair they were they're very cool uh punk rock yeah they're just like a cool um team war team of warriors to look at and yeah. and i asterisk i don't know the proper terms for any of these doesn't matter so i, I i'm gonna just refer to them in the way that I know best, and um, all my all my ladies are um, they're really cool. They're they're um, they're what I imagine myself to be whenever I'm in like a dystopian future. Yeah, like so so. Can I tell you like a secret shame of mine? And I yeah. can't believe I'm putting this on a podcast. Please. Whenever I am in like whenever I'm working out and I'm getting like a, when I'm getting my pump on, when I've got a full pump. Okay. When I've got a full pump going. All right. And I'm like in the zone when I'm like working out really hard, I legit like, like think of myself in like a zombie apocalypse. Yes. Like one of these women just yes. taking out zombies. Yes, absolutely. So if you could imagine like, not Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. She's too skinny. Like, yeah. you know, something, she's got to be beefy, right? Like, if you're fighting off zombies, you can't weigh 112 pounds. That's no. not acceptable. Not going to happen. You're going to die that day. I don't know of any women who are 112 pounds. There's there's many. I know, but I don't know any personally. I don't either. So. Right? But either way, like, that's my fantasy. Like, when I think about, like, my, my ultimate badass version of myself, I think of myself as one of these women like killing fucking zombies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
walking down the street with like two big ass guns on either of my mm. hands. Combi weapons. Yep. Boulders. Bolt guns. Yeah. With, with, my, with my electrified whip just Oof. slapping zombies' heads off. Just boop. <laughs> you know? So so you basically created like the fantasy version of myself. The forty first millennium version of like you had five of yourself. If I if I could if I could have the ultimate <laughs> version of Haley, that would be Five Mouths of Saurons. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I purposefully spent more time on your models. He'd because... be our spokesperson. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I purposely spent more time on your models because I wanted yours to look as badass as possible. And you also because... probably wanted me to like buy in. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, I need to make these like to sell this nerdy universe to, to you and for you to play like a miniatures game like proper, like in this weird universe that you've never been in before. I need to sell it. So like each fighter that we're talking about, so we played a very scaled down version. Like usually you have like a thousand credits or like a thousand dollars, whatever to spend on to create your get your gang. We did a much scaled down version of that where we each had like four or five gangers, yeah. gang members. Yeah. Um, I found some rules online where someone like pared everything down and they gave you exactly what you need to make it like as fair and equal and balanced as possible from the starter set. So we played a game. I spent like six or seven weeks making this uh, two foot, yeah, two foot by two foot research facility where it was like a crazy abandoned research facility and that's where our like gangers met it was like a part of necromunda and i really wanted my whole design my whole intent for it was it was carthage research facility 40 number 49 and eventually i wanted to grow it to a board where like we were meeting each other like on either side of the table and then there was like a crazy like experiment gone wrong of like these plague zombies because it was because of the pandemic that was going to be the theme. And then we had to like fight them off and then fight each other and all that crap. But anyway, so the game is played That's over. cool. Oh, yeah. And like I got some models for it. It's going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> but like so we, uh, you know, each eat, we take turns activating fighters. We go back and forth. You can do two actions per turn. And essentially, you know, if you take a wound or if you get shot, you get knocked down. And then uh, someone can run up and like basically finish you off. It's a very brutal game right um again the guns the weapons are like crazy there's like grenades that you can throw there's doors that are locked that you have to take like these checks for to see if like you're smart enough to open them up speaking of doors for this game yes you busted your little booty mm -hmm. and made magnetic doors i didn't make magnetic doors i made the, like these sliding doors that you like, made came the up sliding through. doors yes for this game correct that are amazing <laughs> so like they are in the same vein as my little christmas village spirit heart yes they like whenever whenever i rolled that first time to like see if the door would open and it did and you just took your little fingers and you reached down and with each little, you know, index finger and thumb, you reached down and you grabbed each little door and you like pulled them straight up into the air. And he was like, hello, they are open. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. Oh, yes. So <laughs> fantastic. What an experience. What an experience. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to create here, right? An experience. That's why we do it, ladies and gentlemen. So like, 
there's like a little sliding door that I put in between like these two, the between the partitions of the wall that you all you got to do is just lift it up. Otherwise, like whenever it's locked or closed, you have it slid into place. And it's all part about creating the experience, right? Um, but I spent a long time on that board and really just like grinding it up, making it a really nitty gritty, like That's dark. That's right. Yeah. You did. And you know what? I think in order to like really contextualize what this board looked like, at, at the point in which you were creating this tile. Yeah. You were, I swear, it was like, remember that episode of South Park where Cartman is waiting for the Nintendo Wii to come out and he's just outside the the uh, the store and he's like, come on, come, come on. on. That was you waiting for Cyberpunk. 2077 to come out. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and... You so at that point you were like kind of obsessed with that whole genre. I swear oh, yeah. you were watching YouTube all videos. of the YouTube videos oh, yeah. and the interviews and reading the forums and so you were just like you were kind of obsessed with that the the genre in general at that point, oh, right? Yeah, for you were sure. there. And and so I remember that you were just like when you were creating that tile you were basically like trying to make like the green um, sludge that was like clearly um, toxic, like the like the glowing oh, yeah. sludge that was like green and glowing. Um, and I forget what else like you did. You tried to make it look like there was um, talk about that tile a little bit. Like there was like you tried to create. You spent hours trying to create like the right paint color for rust oh, or something. Yeah. And then what did you take? You took something of mine and put it into the tile and made it look like a like a gas tank or something. Yeah, so like we have like this lantern that wards away like wards us from mosquitoes and it's a little butane tank. Oh, thing. the butane tank. Yeah, those little these little like little tiny butane tanks. Yeah, we have tanks. I, I went to Home Depot and I was like, "Oh my god, the mosquitoes, they're so bad last summer." And so I bought this little, like, lantern that you have to, like, refill with butane. They're tiny little plastic butane things. And when one ran out, Bill was like, I'm going to turn this into imagination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I took one of those and, like, hooked up, like, some tubing to it. And just really made it, like, a, you know, just a whatever, a little control console with it who was, knows what it does, I mean, right? it was a, it's a really... I think this is why I think we should start an Instagram page because it would be nice to be able to show the picture, show pictures of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, because I'm I am really actually really proud of that board. And at the end of the day, it's like, a cool board to play on. It's it's very easy to immerse yourself. Yeah. In that board because it's, so it's so tiny. There's so many details. Like yeah. it's very dark and grim. You and took like, old wires. Yeah. And made old wire you made like wires look like piping and yeah and like hvac or something <laughs> yeah like ventilation do, tubes do they have like hvac and necromunda oh yeah absolutely oh totally although every breath is recycled a million times over right so, so it's probably not air conditioning <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no it's a uh, it's it was definitely a labor of love but like i love making it and just making it as dark and grim and nasty and gritty and dirty yeah. as possible and it was just a it was very really, fun tile to play on yeah 
So we played it last year. So what did you, let me ask you something. So like we never really like, we played like two or three games in a row and we tried keeping track of like experience points and stuff. Cause the whole game is, the whole point of the game is that, you know, you have like turf that you move in on and uh, you know, depending on what scenario you play, your gangers or your gang members like get gain experience points for every kill that they do, for every uh, skirmish that they participate in, all that crap. And like Mordheim, which we will play. I'm threatening you. With, I'm going to threaten you with that. But like Mordheim, but like like any warband game that you play, there's a risk that if a if a model or a gang member or warband member or whatever gets killed or gets taken out of action, they could die at the as a result of it. Oh dear I'll, God! I'm serious. That is, I am. I I ha, I I don't even know how to react. I am beside yourself. <laughs> kerfluffed. I am kerfuffled. So, but, or they could suffer injuries like, hey, like they're missing a leg. So now they don't move as far right. or like yeah. they have Which an eye cool. patch. Yeah. Like it's like, it, there's a story to tell behind every single member of your warband or your right. gang. Right. Um, but what's, what are some of the things that you like about it? What are some of the, some of the things that you don't like about it? So with my very little experience with Necromunda. So um, you play what? Two or three games? Three yeah. Games? So I would, I would say that it's not, it's almost not even fair for me to answer the question um but i think some of the things i like about necromunda are um kind of what you were alluding to at the beginning was you know i can move um all of my players independently of themselves right they can all i can decide who moves when and pretty much decide how far they go right um and in in any direction which is great so there's like a democratization of movement. Um, uh, so that's that's really cool to be able to like make those kinds of decisions. Um, I also really like um, how each player has those different characteristics, so they can, um, you know, I mean, granted the war band that I had, granite. like granite, the the leader she was really the only like varied character i think there was one other one that was kind of yeah the rest she of had different had, abilities like, la- they all just had las guns right? yeah so I, I think one of them had something different or like a different kind of uh, mm. um ability she had, she had two pistols that's right yeah she was like the wild west las pistols las pistols yeah they were like volatile or whatever mm. um so I'm... i i i think it's fun to um kind of consider the risk there's like risk in this game yeah a lot of risk and it's fun to i mean people do things because they're risky right and so yeah. i think risk in and of itself is appealing and so you know speaking of risk you know there was that one time i had a character who had a las gun and you said, oh no, I had a pistol. I had yeah. a last pistol or whatever. It's like a laser it, pistol. It was a plasma gun. And plasma a, gun. And like this power weapon, this power sort of energized like rapier, basically. Uh, which is a which is a, a sharp knife, a pokey yes. knife. <laughs> po- stabby knife. A stabby knife. Po- 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 and um, basically because that weapon was so volatile that I blew myself up. Yes. It appears I I blew myself <laughs> So, 
That's that's an Arrested Development reference. Just okay. For you know what? Who it's, is... You know, if you have to explain the joke, then I, it's not funny anymore. Okay? I know, but so... I don't, but especially if you blew yourself, that's a particularly volatile like, reference. I, yeah, but if you get it, you get it. If you don't, don't get it, then you're gonna think I'm just weird, and that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is that's to true. just like make fun of us. I know, but I'm just explaining to our one listener, to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, yeah. Hey, Pete. Hey, Shell. Our three listeners. I don't yeah. think I think Pete and Shell probably dropped off by now. Yeah, they lost us. We lost them at the second episode. <laughs> so, but um, well, no, you actually blew a huge hole in the chest of like my friggin' leader of my war of my gang. I blew him. You blew him. <laughs> <laughs> like you blew a huge hole in his chest. I blew a huge one. Yeah, huge one, huge load, huge load into his chest. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> Is the war happening here? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> oh man. So what are some? Uh, so are there any other things that you like about the game? Um, I mean, really, the things I like about this particular game are kind of the things I like about all tabletop games with the with models in general. Is that like. Um, just the ability to move pieces in any direction you want is really cool. You can yeah. run. You don't always have to keep advanced. Like, because I think in traditional gaming, so you always in the gaming, forward. you have to keep going forward, right? Like, yeah. you don't have an that's option really to point. retreat. And in these games, like, it's like, that's stupid. Why don't we just, like, let them retreat so that they can regroup or, like, come from a different way? Or, like, because what it does is that it makes the game more complex it makes the game more difficult um you know it, it makes it last longer you know it's there's more complexity to it so um i think that's why i like necromunda i i, I like the the darkness of the storyline um the storylines I, I i mean and anybody who ever listens to this will probably pick this up about me pretty quickly i don't know why but i love dark storylines i love dark I like a lot of dark stuff. I like a lot of light stuff, too. I love light stuff. Moana. Oh, my God. I love Disney. We can talk about that a comp- another day. Yeah. But I love Disney. I will never not love Disney. Um, we can... I mean, people can poop all over me for, for saying, like, oh, they're corporate pigs. And, That'll you be know. season three. Season That'll three, be maybe. season three. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell about the time that I murdered Disney. No, I'm just kidding. Um I was not even a twinkle in the eye of my mother mm. when he died. So, who died of cigarettes, by the way? He smoked himself to death. Is this the true crime? It sure is. Mm. It is. Cigarettes. They're the murderers. It was Walt Disney? It was him. Yeah. No. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. No. We're talking about the alligator man, remember? Oh, No, man. no. Walt Disney didn't oh, kill okay. anyone ever. He was an anti-Semite. He wasn't real. He wasn't. He was. A, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, I thought you said he was not or wasn't. No, I, I said like, oh, cigarette. All I said was cigarettes killed him. Gotcha. The guy okay. smoked like I swear like six packs a day. Alligator Man. Walt Disney. Oi. Oh my God. Walt Disney. Okay. I'm sorry. I, this all, is the anaphylactic shock. You said speaking. this is this is the shock speaking. You said Moana. I said Disney. Then you said murder. I T- said cigarettes. Tomato. Potato. <laughs> pecan. Pecan. Yeah. Oh. Turmeric. So, uh, so anyway, 
I you really I, like the dark. I like the darkness of Necromunda. I like that storyline. You were gonna fucking love. I, it's just Mordheim. like it's just like it's just like fucking rock and roll, and yeah. I and I love that. I I I totally eat that up. I love anything that makes me want to feel like I am a zombie killing badass up in these streets. It's like Tank Girl. Like, have you ever heard of Tank Girl? Hell yeah, I've heard of Tank yeah, Girl. It's basically like Tank Girl with like sometimes with heels and like high tech. I don't weapons. need heels. I want like combat boots. But the, most of the girls, most of the, and you know, that's the other thing. And I won't go into too much into gender politics. Please. Because I don't, I'm not an don't. expert and I won't. But I feel like when I say girl, there's a little bit more freedom to be that kind of tomboy badass rock and roll tank girl yeah right yeah then it tank woman tank woman has to be more has more decorum like the even just the word woman like like connotates like like more decorum less chaos there's less like there's more More rules there's There's more formality there's more rules and structures around being a woman than there are around being a girl like being a girl it's like i'm gonna fuck shit up like rock and roll as a girl that's a really good point and as a woman it's like Oh, man, I have to be an adult. Tank woman. Yeah, yuck. Ew. Tank woman, Esquire. Yeah. (laughs) Tank woman, I'm on the PTA. (laughs) Tank woman, CPA. (laughs) (laughs) Tank woman, I'll get you your money. (laughs) Yeah. From that 18-wheeler accident. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I'll get you the home you deserve. (laughs) Ugh, kill me. I'll get you your equity money. (laughs) God. Do you me. have an annuity? Oh, Jesus. That, <laughs> oh, my God. That's the worst one. It's your money, and you, you deserve, need, deserve it. it. You need it now. <sighs> All right. We're, I apologize. I got to apologize because we're running behind, and it's my fault because I want <laughs> this big spiel about the background Necromunda, even though I fucking love it. All right. So, do you have, so what do you not like about it? Um, what don't I like about it? Um, the, just the setup. Clean up. Uh, I don't like... I'm not helpful. I'm not. I'm not helpful. Um, I don't care. I would say the things I don't like about it are like... Because there are individual little pieces and you have to move each character and you have to keep track of each character's Mm. stats or their story or their weapon. So like I feel like I'm constantly having to like look back at the cards... Yeah. For each one of the models, right? And I'm like, wait, which one? Which which, which model? Is which this model is this to? one? Oh, that's Kaya. Oh, that's Reina. And right, right. Like I had to like remember who was who on the board. I think it'd be useful to have like a picture of that model, specific model on there. Even on that, that I would still have to like look at the model and go like, which one is that? And then like look at the card and go, oh, that's that one. And then so you can also like rename them too, like Bob. Or Terry. Right. No, and that's, Terry. I'm not talking about names. I'm just talking about like, I, I, we're, we're answering the question of why Haley doesn't like Necromunda or yeah. the, 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 the complaints I have about it. And the, one of the complaints is, is that the game slows down because I have to constantly, and if I were more engaged with the game, this might be less of an issue. <laughs> But you know, like, hey, I, you I have Get ADD. And so I, I, you know, it's very, because we've said this before, you know, after 7 p.m., all I want to do is watch shitty TV and drink wine and not be touched. So it's... I'll back that up. (laughs) (laughs) 
here I, I'm 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 uh, playing the world's smallest, smallest violin, violin right now. I'm so sorry for your loss. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that that's a complaint I have about about the game, and that totally. like I'm constantly having to like remind myself like, okay, who's doing what with what, um, and then keep track of like their strength values and their movement. Well, I mean, like it's pretty easy to keep up with their movement, but like. The wound, the wounds. The wounds. Right? Like, oh, so like, that's yeah. a complaint so like, I have. Every wound. It's like anytime like a character takes a wound or a ganger takes a wound, like they get this little wound token that lowers lowers their toughness and mm-hmm. subsequently makes it more or easier to damage them in the future. And if they reach zero toughness, then they're automatically dead. And they're removed right. from the game. And right? I just constantly forget to flip over those dumb little tokens. The activation tokens. Yeah, those yeah. tokens. I just like don't like, remember. Yeah, to you're like, I'm gonna over. move Kyra, and like you already you already moved her, and you're like what? I'm like, yeah, because you didn't you didn't remember. Like you gotta flip over that little token to show that you already. Yeah. So that's that's a complaint I have about it, and that like there's like little shitty pieces I have to keep yeah, track of, like tokens. to remember, to even remember like which player went but they're i mean they're there to help you though okay but we're not we're not trying to explain away my complaints you asked me what i'm complaining about don't 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 do that don't try to be like but this is but this is this is this is this you're way right. you know you're right just let just up. let me complain this is I this is my this is your wine and cheese moment okay yeah. and uh so other complaints um Mm, that's about all I have because I think like that's mm-hmm. probably my biggest complaint. Anything is, with like, the rules or anything like that? Uh, no, I very rarely com- care. Like I very rarely care about rules. No, you, well, <laughs> I want to go play, over there and I'm going to shoot. I don't play him. by the rules. Yeah, that's true. You, I mean, trust me. Like <laughs> of the thirty odd games, you don't care about the rules. <laughs> like I want to do You have to remind me of the yeah. rules. Like, honey, you can't do that. Are you? Blanking, kidding me? I'm like, and then I'm like, I quit. I'm going yeah. inside. I'm watching The Real House Housewives of New Jersey. Ugh. Goodbye. Oh my god. Just kidding. So, well, what what do you think about the rules? Were they easy for you to pick up, or were they like? Well, because I had a background at that point in playing. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, and also, Bill made up a game. Oh yeah, that's right. Bill made up his very own. Oh, yeah. What tabletop, called? colonial. Williamsburg. What? Battle game. Yeah. Remember? It was like it, it was like oh, the colonial Napo- oh, the Napoleonic. Napoleonic. Game. Oh, oh yeah. Oof. I mean colon- that's not incorrect yeah. to say colonial. Yeah. Mm. But you know, it womp, womp. <laughs> well. Uh you made up a game. Yeah. And it I love that game. Are you serious? I do. Well, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. God like, damn it. I like that game. I like that game. Yeah, it's super easy. I mean, it's... Well, yeah, you made it up, so, like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to spend time, like, jumping through mental hoops, like, trying to... You're not going to create backstories. No, absolutely not. I'm going to take existing history. Yeah, I'm going to take existing history and just make it fudging simple, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know you liked that game. I do like that game. definitely play that... Well, God damn it. All right, well... So, so I had, at that point, the reason I liked Necromunda or that it was easy to wrap my head around was because I had already played some simple tabletop games gotcha i have not played now you've played very complicated tabletop games yes yeah if you were to rank our play on a scale of zero to ten on complexity in complexity from think about like 
and basing your ranking on the most complicated game you've ever played on a tabletop game. All right, just tabletop. Just table. I'm just talking about tabletop. All right. Don't rub your hands together because you're going to create white noise on the podcast. (laughs) Dead air. All right. Well, what what are you asking me though? You I'm asking. I literally just what, asked for, you the for fucking Necromunda? question. Any game? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Necromunda. All right. The, all right the, no. The most any game we've ever ge- played. Okay. So the most complicated that we have ever played is probably Necromunda. Okay. So where does that fall in relationship to the most complicated tabletop game you've ever played? Twilight Imperium. No. 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 That's the most complicated. Um. That's a really tough question. I'll okay. be honest. Well, I, think I, I about can't... it because I want to come back to that. Because okay. because be every time I play these games, one of the questions that's like rummaging around in the back of my head is like, am I... What's the board game equivalent? or No. What I'm thinking, I'm still trying to like compare what we do to what the neckbeards do in the stores. Uh, okay. You know, like whenever we went into that Asgard games... Oh my god! In Houston, yeah. that was bad. And there was this like tournament happening, this tabletop tournament happening, and like our our gameplay would be like at a zero compared to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because I just want to be able to like say I play tabletop games, but like I can't say I play tabletop games. Well, you can because you played. Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. Just because played... I said I played that, that's like saying I've blown my nose today. Well, I mean, like I you... blew my nose today. No, I blew myself. <laughs> like... That's that's ex- that's the equivalent. No, I mean, like you can, um, you've played Necromunda, like you know a lot of the basics of Nef- of Necromunda, and if not, like all all it would take was just like a few rounds, and you would get back into the swing of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like the big thing is, um. Warhammer. That one's really hard. Yeah, I mean, Warhammer Fantasy and but Warhammer 40K are both, like, very... There's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. You have to know your your army and your opponent's army and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, like, Necromunda, you have the cards for each ganger for right. your opponent. So you, right. can, you can walk over and be like, hey, what am I looking at here? Yeah. Well, we gotta... Yeah, we gotta move this along. We gotta along. move this along, all right, dude. So, so that's what you don't like. Yeah. Okay. All and right, so I'm gonna you? go through my pros and cons. All right. So the things that I do like is I like you. I love like the nitty gritty like <laughs> you dark. You better fucking like me. <laughs> oh, I'm such an asshole. Go on. You nailed it. So like, I love like I mean I am just in love with like these dark nitty gritty like, you know dark, fan- high fantasy or high sci fi like settings and like the darker and grittier the better the more painful the better. Sometimes, because, well, because, I mean, it's a great outlet, right? Like, for your imagination. Ew. Not pain, but not pain. I mean, there's I'm some make faction- my Lucy noise. <laughs> but, I mean, like, there's, in 40K, there's some, like, factions that, like, they take pleasure in pain and all that crap. I'm not interested in that. But, I mean, like, there is, like, they, um, this, like, this setting of just, like, rusted and run down and just gritty and, um... You know, there there's a thing called Blanchitsu, which John Blanche is like the main artist and he's a concept artist for Games Workshop and he designs and draws these things where like, you know, like a, a hooded cloak figure will be like hovering, but it'll have like a mechanical finger out and have like a tentacle, like a mechanical tentacle come, 
mechanical tentacle coming out. It'll just be like this very like dark and like foreboding figure, right? Same thing with like rust and corrosion and decay. Like I actually really enjoy like there's those aspects beauty, of the hobby. There's beauty. There's beauty in decay. There. I mean, I. God damn it! I hate to admit when you're right, but you. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, honey, when you're right, you're right. Things I don't like about it are the models. Again, it's like my complaints with the other games, right? So like they came out with this Necromunda Underhive box set. It was like a hundred pound or a hundred dollars, hundred and twenty dollars or something like that, and it had God like both gangs. Damn it! These these games are fucking expensive. Capitalist. And I'm I said G. But I mean, like it had like two gangs. It had all the rules. It had tiles and stuff. It had uh, terrain that you could set up. It actually like wasn't a bad deal in comparison with other Games Workshop games. That being said, like nowadays, like they have Necromunda. Um, I forget the name of it, but it came out last year or two years ago. And it's two hundred and seventy dollars, okay, uh, just to get I, into this. Like this, it's supposed to be a simple skirmish game. Now it comes with a crap ton of terrain, but I mean, like, I've like read the reviews. Like when you break down, like when the, when you've got a husband who can make terrain out of little plastic butane <laughs> <laughs> bottles. Yeah. We don't need to spend $270. No, not at all. But I mean, like, I think it's just, you know, the models are only sold in that kit. It's a big hole. It's a selling strategy, right? Yeah. Um, I also don't enjoy the fact that it is, I mean, it can be a little complicated, right? All of these games are a little, a little complicated. complicated. But, I mean, I will Which say... Which is a plus and a minus. But, I mean, like, an advantage that it has over, like, something like, say, Lord of the Rings strategy battle game, where we're consulting, like, those batshit insane charts. You know what I mean? We're like, okay, you have a fight value of four for this troop character, and you have a defense of six. What do you need to roll to hit? Well, here, it's printed, like, right then and there, like, on the card. Like, hey, yo, you just need a three plus. So, I will say that. Um... And it's really, like, outside of that, like, it's, they don't really have support for the game. It's a specialist game. So they don't have um, new models coming out or anything like that. It's a very, like, limited, linear, like, your complaint, I think, with um, the Warbands thing of Lord of the Rings strategy battle game, where, like, there's really no point. You know, once you get so powerful and so in control of your territories and all that stuff, it's, it kind of fizzles out, right? So I will say that there's really no definitive... It's more of like a competitive thing where you're playing like in a league where there's like four, six, eight war bands and they all play games against each other, right? But yeah, that's all my yeah, that's all your that's all my your, gripes. Your P's and Q's. Yeah, my P's and Q's. It is it is also expensive as you pointed out. It's you know you pointed that out. I didn't know how much it cost. Yeah, it is an expensive hobby to get into, but you can also use any models that you want, right? And just proxy it. Yeah, but like, it's not as fun. I don't know, but I mean, like, we're, I'm dope. Oh, my God. Well, that's why you got to scout, you got to scour eBay to find the models and all that stuff, like. Yeah, and ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, so. So now, are we ready? Yeah. To talk about my murder. Murder. So, tonight we're going to be talking about the alligator man. Are you ready? I guess. I don't know. This one's a little lighter. Okay. So now we're going to be talking about the alligator man. So I'm going to do my best to tell this story in a way that 
you have the opportunity to guess what is going to happen next. Okay. All right. Like, is this a series or is no, this no, 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 no. Okay. This is going to be a pretty quick story because it's a very, um, and, and when I say that it is not a well-known, well-known story, I don't really know that for sure because there are a lot of web sleuths out there who like know everything. So I would say this is the first I have heard of the alligator man, but, um, this is definitely the first time Bill Ford has yeah. heard of the alligator man. So away, away we go. All right. I'm jazzed. All right. So I'm going to start this story by telling you that it takes place in Elmendorf, Texas. Now, if you were driving near San Antonio, San Antonio. And, and like blinked, blinked, you'd miss it. Okay. Elmendorf is this really small town about 15 miles southeast of San Antonio. Okay. So the town today has about 700 people living in it. Very like low socioeconomic status, mostly Hispanic people. So uh, it's shrunk? No, it was 30s? still very small. In 1934, it was still a small town. But the Ball family, the B-A-L-L, Ball family, okay. uh, were a very wealthy family in a really small town, which if you know anything about really powerful families in really small towns in Texas, um, it says a lot. Okay. Rule with an iron fist. Okay. So Joe Ball is not only a bootlegger and a gambler, and a scion of this really powerful, he's a, a, he is the sire of, he's like the product oh. of a very, uh, of a wealthy family. And I wouldn't say, I mean, wealth and power kind of go together, right? But he is the sire of this wealthy family, Joe Ball. And he is a bootlegger, a gambler, kind of, and kind of just like a little, like a shithead. Um, in Elmendorf, Texas. I thought you said Scion. So I did. Oh, I thought... eh, okay. I'm sorry. I did. It's a word. I looked it up. I made sure. Yeah. I just, whenever <laughs> I think Scion, I think of like a nerdy. I know. Reference. Of course you do. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God. But what does it mean? It usually, I mean, it has two meanings, but one of those meanings is like the product of a wealthy family. It is. Yeah. Or like the eldest son. Yeah. Or in in cult circumstances, which is what I thought of. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, this is my time to shine. Right. All right. All right. So, in Elmendorf, Texas, Joe Ball uh, decides to open up a saloon in 1934. Okay. And in 1934, uh, Joe also hires, and this is an important uh, character to mention. His name is Clifton Wheeler. And Clif Clifton Wheeler is a co-owner, not maybe not a co-owner of the bar. He also works at the bar. He's kind of Joe's right-hand man. What's your question? You, Joe, was, Bill's raising his yeah, hand. Yeah, it was about Prohibition. This is after Prohibition, right? I don't remember. Uh, Pro... 34? Yeah, no, yeah. we're good. Okay. We're right. still... Yeah. Right. Dumb, dumb question. I'm an idiot. You Sorry. know what, though? I don't remember... I can't remember the exact year. <sighs> okay. So, but he's a bootleg. I mean, there's still strict liquor laws. Okay. Right. 
Um, so he's a bootlegger. He's a gambler. He hires Clifton Wheeler. Wheeler is a young black man in, in Texas in a small town. So he, yeah. So, um, in fact, he, uh, ball was known to shoot at Wheeler's feet to make him dance. Yeah. So, uh, Joe ball is an asshole and a racist. Um, and we'll just, I mean, and, and the, the story will further illustrate this point. Mm. Okay. And he, mm. he was, he lived in fear of ball, right? Like he was a black man. He had a job uh, and he like, you know, was able to support his family or whatever, but he worked for Joe ball and he lived in fear of Joe ball. So at some point, Joe ball decides that, uh, his bar needs to have some sort of shtick. And when I say shtick, I mean, it needs to have like, like an appeal that like people know, like they're going to see something or do something at Joe's bar, uh, when they go there. And so because it's Texas, he goes and gathers up like a slew of alligators and he creates this like cement pool in the back of the bar to where he can keep alligators, yeah. which seems kind of cool, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, this is where he gets the alligator alligator man name. So it seems uh, kind of sinister when I started the story, God. but don't worry. It gets darker. All right. So, uh, because he's kind of, uh, because Joe balls kind of like a, a terrible human, uh, on Fridays and Saturday nights, he, one of two things are going to happen at Joe Ball's bar on, on Fridays or Saturdays. Okay. There's either going to be an orgy, which is literally what the article said from Texas monthly, which comes out every month. There's either going to be an orgy, which in 1934 could be like a middle school makeout party. Why don't we have orgies? I mean, a middle school makeout party. Sure. Like we can have all of our friends over and all of our husbands and wives can make out in our living room. Sure. Compound. You got it. Okay, uh, so when I read that in the article, I was like, "Orgy at a bar in 1934." Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, I would now if they say it. They said it was set in 1960 something. I would be like, "Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to that." <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> but in 1934, they're probably all holding hands. Yeah, you know? no. So especially in like hot middle of the nowhere oh. Texas, like they're not having an action. I mean, all I'm saying is take that with a grain of salt. So you're either going to see an orgy or what Joe Ball would do to entertain the masses of the bar is that he would throw kittens and puppies, live kittens and puppies into this alligator pit for the entertainment of the masses. So Joe Ball is a horrible human. He's a racist. He is a animal abuser. He sucks, right? Mm -hmm. And so in 1934, Joe meets this woman named Minnie Gotthart. And she's known as Big Minnie. They call her Big Minnie. And she was described as being, quote, bossy, displeasing, and a generally obnoxious person, which in today's speak would probably be my best friend. <laughs> so so Joe meets Minnie, and uh, they, they, they fall in love with each other, right? And then... Bill has another question. Big Mini is also the name of the bullet, I believe, that goes through for Super Mario. And then you have to, like, jump over it. It's like that giant bullet-shaped thing. Thank you. Anyway. Anyway. 
<laughs> okay. So, uh, along with being an, a racist and animal abuser and a general terrible human being, he is also yeah. um, a cheater and a womanizer. So, uh, after meeting and uh, like committing to Big Minnie, uh, he also starts seeing Dolores' buddy Goodwin. Her nickname is Buddy. All these women have nicknames, okay? So she's 15 years younger than him. Yes. Okay. He like, and, and this is the woman that like sticks by him through all of the crap I'm about to describe to you. Okay. Okay. I can buy that. Uh, and at, even at some point he even threw a bottle at her face, giving her a scar that she would have to live with that went all the way from her eye down to her neck for the rest of her life. Her name's buddy. She's her buddy. Sure. All right. Um, and then uh, she has a best friend. So Buddy's like a young girl. Okay. All right. So we've got we've got Big Minnie, who's Big like kind of like the older woman. Yeah. Okay. So then we've got cat. Buddy. Yeah. Buddy, who is kind of like the young, teeny bopper sort of. I don't know her exact age. And then there's another woman named Hazel Brown, who mm-hmm. is Buddy, the younger one's like really good friend, and yeah. and she's known as Shatsy. 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 She's 22 years old and she becomes friends uh, with Buddy. Okay. Okay. You got it? Yeah. Okay. So that summer, in the summer of 1937, Big Minnie, the original, the the obnoxious, the quote unquote obnoxious one. Cat lady. Cat lady? I don't know. Why? Because she's older? I guess. (laughs) Big Minnie disappears without a trace. She's just gone. Okay. Okay. Ball, Joe, Joe Ball told people that she was pregnant in a Corpus Christi hospital. So mm-hmm. he's like running around saying like she's just pregnant in a, in a hospital, right? Wheeler, who was the, the young, uh, the, black, the black man who worked in his Ball. bar, um, heard Ball tell someone that she was going to have a, a black child. So that's why she went away. Ooh. Uh, that she must have left town. But she must have left town very quickly because she left everything. She left all of her possessions. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that seems far-fetched. Yeah. So in that that September, Bill married Buddy, the young teeny oh, bopper. Oh, okay. Okay? So the, things are getting a little like, mm, Okay. Uh, and then he revealed to her his big secret. And are you ready for this? Guess, guess what the secret is. I want you to see now. Now I'm doing the segment correctly because I'm gonna ask Bill what he thinks is gonna happen next. There you go. All right. What do you think he's gonna say? Oh my God. Well, I'm gonna guess that he fed Big Betty, little Mini, Betty, little Mini, Big, big Mini, Big Mini <laughs> to the alligators. Okay, well, you're not that far off. Yeah. Because what he revealed to her was that he had taken Minnie to the beach near Corpus Christi and he had killed her. Uh, okay. That she wouldn't make any more trouble for them. And <sighs> Buddy, his wife, told Shatsy. Shatsy. Shatsy, the, the, her friend who also worked yeah. at the bar, about Minnie's demise. So... That this is why you don't tell teenagers anything or young girls anything because we're just gonna tell our we're just gonna tell our best friends yeah right 
and she told her this a couple of times. So in January of 1938, uh, Buddy gets in this terrible car accident and okay. her and her arm she loses her arm. Oh my god. Buddy, yeah. So she loses her arm. I I don't know why that's like relevant to the story, but there were rumors flying around that that Joe had fed her arm to his alligators. Oh. Right? So so here's where it gets really crazy. Do you think you can guess what happens next? All right. So my guess is that uh, he feeds her to the alligators, and then the <laughs> black guy like find, he's like, "What are you doing, man?" And he's like, "You know what? You're going to the gator pit too." <laughs> and he just shoves him Everybody's in. going to yeah. the gator pit. Everyone goes to the gators. Oh my god. No, you're wrong. But so in Jeez. April, in that same year, in April of 1938, okay. Buddy disappears too. Oh. Buddy disappears. Okay. Okay. And right, by so. this point, guess who Joe is dating? Shatsy. That's correct. Damn. He's already. Si- the look on my face currently is one of. Just disappointment. <laughs> disappointment secret silent rage a humming rage and guess what happened after that she goes missing that is correct oh my god All right. three women missing in a year big mini buddy, buddy shatsy that's right okay. they all go missing within a year so on this is this is where things start to heat up on joe okay yeah on September 23rd of 1938, an old Mexican-American man approached Bexar County Dep- uh, Deputy Sheriff John Gray, who was dove hunting in Elmendorf, right? Like, we can't we can't do anything in Texas unless we're hunting. Yes. Uh, and told him about a foul-smelling barrel covered in flies that Joe Ball had left behind his sister's barn. Mm. It smelled, he said, like something was dead inside. And enough women in Ball's world in his social circle had disappeared that the next day the detectives were like, we're going to go check that out. Yeah. Okay. So by the time the detectives get there, the barrel is gone. Okay. The stinky barrel is just gone. So they drove to the bar to talk to him about it. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, But his sister, Joe Ball's sister, was like, yeah, that was totally there. That barrel was 100% there. So clearly he moved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the, after, basically after this encounter with his sister, the deputies were like, okay, clearly he's yanking our chain. He's lying to us. Yeah. So we're going to go back to talk to him. So when they drive back out to his bar, there's three detectives that go to speak to him. Uh, Ball got a beer. You know, he got a, he works at a bar, right? So he starts drinking a beer. He takes a few sips. Uh, and when the sheriff start questioning him about this barrel, what do you think is going to happen? He throws the beer bottle at him. You, like you, he did to Buddy. You, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, <laughs> you think that's I, what's going to happen? It's a pattern of behavior, yeah. <laughs> so he gets a beer. He takes a few sips. He goes to the register, opens it, and then pulls out a forty-five. From under the counter. And if you don't know how big a 45 is, <laughs> that I, I like to describe them as hog killers. <laughs> yeah. Because they are. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, you're absolutely They're right. huge. Uh, 
he waved it at the detectives who yelled, don't, and then went, and then um, they went to reach for their own pistols just as Ball turned and uh, turned his gun and pointed it at his heart. He pulled the trigger and fell dead on the barroom floor. So basically what ends up happening, and I'm going to try to wrap this up really neatly. So after Joe commits suicide right in front of three deputies, they, they just like all of the four other deputies descent. I mean, it's 1938, right? So there's like 10 cops in the state. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But so four other deputies d- descend on this tavern, okay. on Joe's tavern, and they checked out back where the five gators that he kept are, okay? Uh, there's one large one and four small ones in that pond, uh, and it was surrounded by rotting meat, which, like, mm. I mean, not not great for animal welfare, but also, like, okay. They like it. Yeah, sure. I don't think they mind. No. They found an axe matted with blood and hair. So their their first theory was an obvious one, uh, that the that the fearsome drunk had killed and mutilated his wife and other victims and then fed them to the alligators, which which has never disproven because like we the uh, scientists have conf- not scientists but like forensic analyzers yeah. analysts. Forensic analysts have basically confirmed that he had definitely killed at least five people. Okay. okay. Which I'm not telling all of the stories of, but I'm mm. I've like, I've got three here in this podcast. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but basically there's no, there's, there's no proof that he did do this. There's also no proof that he didn't feed them to the alligators. Okay. Um, the cops talked about other disappearances, including, you know, missing barmaids and a 16-year-old boy who hung out at Joe's. Oh, my God. Yeah, so there was a lot. Basically, and what I've also read, aside from this one article I'm reading, was that Joe basically held this belief that about the law. He never checked this because he was probably too dumb to know this. But he had this belief that if there was no body that you couldn't be charged for the crime. Like, you couldn't go down for the crime. So, he, like, he just kept killing people because, like, oh. if if they can't find you, then there's no there's no crime. Right. Right? They, they just go missing. So, by then, Wheeler, who worked in the in the tavern, uh, he had been taken to the sheriff's, sheriff's to San Antonio, by the sheriff's to San Antonio to be questioned and he just spills the beans right this guy's been living in fear right of this terrorist for however long he's worked for him and so like he finally is just like here's everything i know and i've seen and basically this guy has seen everything okay shatsy who was the last one right the 22 year old uh she had fallen for someone else okay she had fallen in love with someone else besides joe um, good for her. Someone who had a home and a good job, like, <laughs> what a tramp. Yeah. So she wanted out, but Ball wouldn't hear of it. So when she threatened to tell the police about Big Minnie because she knew he had murdered Big Minnie, okay, he killed her. And and now the handyman knew exactly where Shasty was, Shatsy was. And this is where it gets pretty gruesome. He took the sheriffs back to Elmendorf, about three miles from town. 
on a bluff some 300 feet from the San Antonio River. By the light of the campfire, he began to dig. Ready for this alliteration? Blood bubbled up from the dirt, and the odor became unbearable. Wheeler pulled up two arms and two legs and finally a torso. The sight and smell were so bad, the sightseers, this is a quote, the sightseers ran in all directions and started heaving and upchucking. Yeah. Wheeler was asked where the head was, and he pointed to the remains of another campfire. After careful sifting, cops found a jawbone, some teeth, and finally some pieces of the skull that once held the pretty face of Hazel Brown, which was who? Yahtzee. <laughs> Shatsy. <laughs> yeah. So what really the story boils down to was he killed all of them. He killed all of them. And basically anytime a woman got inconvenient to him, he murdered them. And because he thought he would never get caught, he didn't think it was that big of a deal. Until until the, the he was finally confronted. Can you believe that? So what are you thinking right now? And I hope you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I just. What happened to the alligators? What happened (laughs) to to the the alligators? alligators. So thank God they were, they were sent to the San Antonio zoo. All right. So for the, all of the, yeah. So in the aftermath, the alligators went to the San Antonio zoo. Wheeler received two years in jail as an accessory. Which, in my mind, seems very Wait, light. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he literally saw he literally saw this man murder three people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he got out and opened he's, his own but he's bar. In fear of his own life. You know what I mean? Right. But in 1934, as if they would, man. he was a black man. I'm yeah. I'm amazed he got such a light sentence. Mm-hmm. Um. So. You know, as far as they didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. So basically. Joe Ball was a serial killer and a terrible human being. Um, and that, my friends, is the story of the alligator man. Oh, God. <laughs> I, don't feel I left out. I left out so much. Yeah, I bet you did. And I don't. Oh, man. Maybe it's the IPA in me. But, like, I just feel at least, like. What's even the- crazier to me is that Buddy. That 15-year-old girl who got her arm cut, like, lost her arm in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Up and into, like, 19, like, the 1950s, the late 1950s, she was totally, like, defensive of Joe. She was like, he was a good guy. Oh, he didn't kill her? No, she survived him. Oh, wow. She survived him, yeah. She was quoted as saying, Joe never put no people in that alligator tank. Joe wouldn't do a thing like that. He wasn't no horrible monster. Joe was a sweet, kind, good man, and he never hurt nobody unless he was driven to it. I, I I have so many things to say about that, but we are definitely out of time. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I feel sick. I, I think the story is, is interesting in that it speaks to, like, how much are like the times have changed like you're not getting away with diddly doo-doo today oh you're not you're not for sure so what are we going to talk about next time bill i don't know i need to go like be by myself (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i need to go be by myself i don't know 
Well, I don't know what murder we're going to talk about, but why don't we talk about... I don't know, but we'll we'll do like a light game. Like a night light... I'll light do a game. light game and a light murder. Oh, please do. Just like something where like the husband did it. So that way like I can just be like, yeah, the husband did it. It's Literally, fine. that was the story. The husband did it. I know, but I... <laughs> He also killed like 20 people in the process. We now he was he's he's thought to have killed 20. He's confirmed to have killed at least 5. He's oh, excuse me. He's confirmed to have killed 5. We're going to do this forever. Oh, there's so many murders. And I'm going to sing so about it every time. God damn it. We have to stop cursing so much. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right thank you guys for joining us for another episode of bored to, to death. death see you next time